0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is episode number 283, dedicated to a man who on July 17th, 1990, hit an inside the park home run, Mr. Deion Sanders. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading another episode of the podcast. During today's episode, we welcome back to the show, Mr. Philip Jordan. He was with us a week ago and he is back with us today to discuss what's going on with the Northwestern football program and the rise and fall of ESPN Radio. Philip is once again, is still one of those guys that I love talking ball with. Football, basketball, doesn't matter. But a lot of our conversations off air are in regards to sports media. National Radio, Sports Talk Radio, those are things that him and I both love, and I love being able to chat it up and chop it up with Philip here on the show once again. The conversation about Northwestern was not expected. This was supposed to be a time where we're discussing ESPN Radio from start to finish of the show, but the show kind of organically went the way of Northwestern, and why stop a good thing when it's right in front of you? We went into that conversation and then discussed ESPN Radio. Also, we kind of revised our national or our dream national Sports Talk Radio lineups. He revised his. I revised mine. There are names that you'll know on both of our lists. There might be some names you don't recognize. You'll definitely want to check out and pay attention when that part of the interview comes up. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Dothan, Alabama to enjoy my fun conversation with the host of the Philip Jordan Show. Mr. Philip Jordan. We had so much fun discussing sports media, the ESPN layoffs, and our dream national radio lineup that it was only fitting to have last week's featured guest on the show be this week's featured guest on the show. It's a oh, college football writer for the last word on college football. He's a producer for Dothan Wolves football on 96.9 The Legend. He's the host of the Philip Jordan show, and he's the host of the Wireglass High School Football Report, you heard it in the name of his podcast. It's Philip Jordan. He was with us last week. He's with us once again. A double dose of Philip Jordan here on the JC podcast. Philip, I'm here for it. How you doing, man?
1: Doing good, doing good. It's a good. We were getting closer to football season, so that's always a good thing. I don't know about you, Jay. This is a uh, boring time for me uh, in the, on the sports calendar. Uh, I, I'm ready for some other stuff, but I, I'm always ready to, to come on the show and talk whatever you want to talk about. And I feel like we're going to continue uh, what we had uh, we discussed last week.
0: Philip, you say a boring time of year. The SBs are recently on TV. They recently had the MLB All-Star Game, recently had the Home Run Derby. I didn't watch any of those things. It's kind of a boring time for me sports-wise. Did you watch any of those things this week?
1: I didn't know the ESPYs were going on until I got a notification on my phone that LeBron James said it was coming back. And I said, oh, that's real good breaking news. I've got also breaking news. Water is also wet. So that's another thing. <laughs> um, now, I, and, and when I say this, People think I hate baseball. I do not hate baseball. Not one bit. But here's the problem with baseball, especially Major League Baseball. The season starts when March Madness is going on. Yes, sir. We'll spring training. And then, look, I I don't talk a lot of NBA, but I do watch the NBA playoffs. That's going on. I have almost – I only have so much time I can dedicate to certain things. And then, of course, me and you, big football guys. Yeah. The playoffs, the end of the season happens – when football's going, so it's kind of baseball just has a, is, a, is a bad part of the calendar for me. So I didn't I didn't really watch the All Star. I don't really watch any All Star games anymore. To be honest with you, that's something I did when I was a kid. Um I, I mean, we don't really have a Pro Bowl anymore. We have a flag football game now. Uh, I I actually preferred, even though they half didn't hit each other, I actually preferred what they were doing before. At least it it tried to look like a semblance of a football game with helmets and everything. The NBA All-Star game is eh, and uh, I don't really watch the NBA All-Star game. I think the home run – I didn't watch it, but I think the home run derby is a bigger deal now than the uh, actual uh, game. But, yeah, no, I didn't really watch any of those. Uh, the biggest thing on my calendar right now coming up is next week with SEC Media Days. So, uh, that's about it okay. going down for me.
0: Oh, yeah, the Media day circuit. Big 12 was this week or when we recorded recording this um, prior to the show being released, and the SEC Media Days is coming up. I have gone to the Big Ten media days for the past couple years, 2021, 2022. With my wedding being recent, I didn't want to take more time off work to miss work to go to the media days. I wanted to save that time for later in the year. So I'm not going to Big Ten media days. But, Philip. I wasn't planning on doing this, but since you mentioned the media days, think about what it's going to be like to be a Northwestern football player representing your football team and the guy who you thought you would play for in the fall just got fired. That's really odd. And Philip, if I'm an 18 to 22-year-old young man, maybe 20 to 22, because you generally send older players to represent the the team during the the event, if I'm in that age group, age bracket, I almost might be someone that says, hey, I don't want to go. Because I don't want to answer the questions from these media members that are going to try to say the same thing in 5,000 different ways to twist my mind and to get me to say something I don't want to say. I feel bad for the players. I feel bad for Pat Fitzgerald because I don't want to ever have someone lose their job. I don't know all the details, if he knew, if he didn't know. I don't know. I don't like when people lose their jobs. But for the media day circuit, this might get more buzz for the Big Ten media days than it normally gets. And, Phillip, it's got to be weird. If you were in the shoes of a Northwestern player who had to represent that team during the annual event and have to answer questions about this, makes me a little uncomfortable thinking about it.
1: Yeah, my thing is, what happened between Friday and Monday that made you say, oh, no, no, we have to fire this guy? And, and my thing, too, if you're going to Northwestern, only one person should go to Media Days, and that's the president. Yes. Because they're the ones that need to answer these questions. And, look, I'm with you. Don't exactly know. I don't want to assume what happened. Right. We don't know. We're going to have to wait on a report to come out, an investigation, all that good stuff. But also, I know Pat Fitzgerald is – you're the head coach. You're in charge of the team. Stuff happens like this, it's going to come down on you. But the players that were doing the hazing are still there, right, if that's true. So, I mean, aren't they responsible for this too as well? These aren't high school kids. These are 18 to 22, 23-year-olds. These are adults that I would think, okay, and then – so Pat Fitzgerald can't be your coach, but an assistant coach that knew what was going on, can too as well i have a lot of questions about that whole thing but you're right it's awkward it's going to be awkward for the players really if i was northwestern i'd be like hey big 10 can we just like not participate we'll send out a statement we'll send a depth chart we'll do whatever but yeah it's it's awkward for the players uh the interim coach but it's just it's just i got a lot of questions and i think we really just need a northwestern president to go to media day yeah.
0: you know I know the Big Ten a year ago made accommodations for Nebraska. Nebraska played, I believe it was a game in Ireland, week zero. And due to the time of them playing their first game, they started a, they started a practice earlier than normal. And they made accommodations for Nebraska. Scott Frost at the time was the head coach. A come early, be the first, pe- first coach to speak, be the first players at the podium. So you guys can hop on the plane from Indianapolis to go back to Nebraska to go back to practice for your first game of the season, which great. They made accommodations there. I don't know how likely it is that the Big Ten will make accommodations if Northwestern requests to not go to the event. I don't know if that's going to happen. Would it be, would it make sense? Yeah, it would make sense. I also don't remember, and I don't even know if Big Ten Media Days was a thing back then, when Joe Paterno, Penn State, all that disgusting stuff was going on. I don't know if they made accommodations if the event was going on for Penn State, if Penn State maybe requested to not attend the event. I'm with you. I'm all for. If no coaches want to go, if no players want to go, cool. But it's always weird. When players are involved in the negative things going on, a lot of times the players stay, the coaches go. Jim Trestle, Ohio State. Even though what happened, I don't really agree with the NCAA ruling. Jim Trestle was forced out of town. I think for the players, they mainly just took their stats. The guys that were involved and says, hey, your stats will no longer be in the record book. Even if you broke a record, it won't go to you. Seems really odd how the adult and the ultimate adult, not saying the players aren't adults, but the leader, the adult in the room is gone. And the players that were doing it are still there. And also, I heard Tom Fornelli of CBS Sports, the college football writer, he did his own investigating and talked to numerous players, former players that were at the school. The school did their own investigation starting in November. November, a private investigation. The players that he did, that he talked to really pushed back on a lot of the sexual things that were allegations and even the hand gesture they they said that Pat Fitzgerald was doing to signal a hey, get that guy. It was Pat Fitzgerald's way of kind of Showing when a player does something wrong in practice and the players turn that into something different. So a lot of the stuff that was I was uh, that they were accusing Pat Fitzgerald of maybe knowing about or happening under his watch, a lot of it wasn't what former players were saying based off what Tom Fornelli said on a recent podcast. But also, Philip, here is this: I've never been a coach. I've been over some, I've been over and helping youth groups and things like that. There's a lot that goes on. Even if I'm not the leader, but a helper that I don't know about. Pat Fitzgerald has been coaching at Northwestern for a long time. A long time. Been in a couple of Big Ten championship games. Had some success. Had some down years. Been there for a long time. Team probably has 100 plus players every year. Why do they always say it's the coach's fault when it's 100 people he's responsible for? I understand, yes, he needs to have some form of, of accountability. I get it. Ain't no way in the world that a man who is over a 100 young people, 18 to 22, can know everything that they do. I didn't mean to get this animated in the beginning of the show, or didn't know this was going to go this way. But I had to get that off my chest because if the people that are accusing Paffis Gerald of possibly knowing were in his shoes, they will come back and say, I did it for three years or did it for a couple months. I can't police everybody 24 hours, 365, mm-hmm. and there's 100 people. There's no way you can do that, which is why when it goes to Pat Fitzgerald, I think he's a good man. I think he's not a, a scum, like a scum, like the worst person in the world. I also have a hard time believing that he knew everything that he was accused of possibly knowing. Maybe some stuff happened. I doubt he knew everything. He can't know everything. He's one person policing 100 every mm-hmm. single
1: season. Let me ask you this question. though. they were what one in eleven last year. <laughs> so I totally
0: laugh because I think of one in eleven. I think of Colorado, not Northwestern. This is also a Northwestern team that was that had a chance to beat Ohio State a year ago. Pains me to say that, but one in eleven Northwestern. I think of Colorado, not Northwestern. But yes, sorry,
1: you're correct. So, so. Let's just say I'm not gonna say they went would go eleven and one last year, but let's just say they were eight and four, nine and three, went to a bowl game. Does does it him be a one and eleven last year make it easier to fire him too?
0: Yes. It does. Sorry. It does. It also you know, Go no go ahead. My bad. You
1: know we always hear. I don't know his contract. I don't know what the contract says. I just look. I cover Auburn, so I'm, I'm kind of used to these kind of conversations on firing <laughs> a coach and and with calls and all that other stuff. Um, but anyways, if if you can prove he obviously was involved or whatever in this, you can find your an out. Then you can say I can fire him with calls. Yeah. they were one in eleven last year. Yeah, we don't have to pay him a buyout. Uh huh. Look, if he if maybe this was you know if, if that's the way it's going, I, I I'm I'm telling you Jay, I bet you somebody when they made this decision because this was not a one person decision. This never is a one person mm-hmm. decision. Somebody had to bring that up. They said, well, he was one in eleven
0: last year. Probably one, of, probably one of those booster, boosters that wanted to write a new check for a new coach, but didn't want to do it just yet. Yeah, he knew so. he, did. he couldn't get Pat Fitzgerald out without, hey, you know that thing that they accused him of that we heard about in the fall? How about we just go ahead and bring that up again? Suspend him. Oh, wait. The public hates it. We don't like the suspension. Fire him. I got I got this check written for that guy. You go get that guy at Northwestern, North, but go get that guy. You get this check.
1: Hey, yeah. boosters and money talks. Yeah, there, there's an ACDC song called that, Money Talks. Um, I'm not going to uh, say the lyrics because, you know, I don't know podcast rules or songs, you know, and get in trouble. But yeah, that's something, you know, it, it's crossed my mind with this stuff because, just for example, when the whole Brian Harson stuff first happened before last season, and it was in February, there was, I'm not going to repeat what was on message boards, but there were some rumors that were getting stirred up about him, his family and all the other stuff. I'm like, okay. He didn't like Brian Harson. He wasn't ever your guy. So let's try to make something up and maybe was, you know, it was like throwing paint against a wall. Let's see what sticks. And I don't know. It just wasn't a thing. I, I do think about that when stuff like this happens. I said, okay, what was his record? Okay. You fired him because he wasn't good last year. Yeah. I will I, here's a hot take. If they had won eight, seven, eight, or nine games last year, I think Pat Fitzgerald is still the head coach at Northwestern. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I do think
0: that you're correct. I I agree with that. I understand this stuff being people taking months to investigate and trying to have a private investigation. This was something that was first brought up from what I understand was in November. It's July. Going into a new season. You're 1-11 a year ago. You're also probably going to be really bad again this year. And you know, if you let him go now, you're still probably going to be a one win team. So start the rebuild national signing day. Y'all, y'all can make waves and have a new coaching, rah, 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 all that good stuff. I get it. But Philip, one thing is bad at Northwestern. The situation is not good. The situation with ESPN radio is not good either to me. I think you and I both are on the same page when it comes to ESPN radio and the main topic of the day. didn't know we are going to go down the Northwestern <laughs> rabbit trail, but here we are. But ESPN radio to me and to you, it's not what it used to be. I think most people out there, it's not what it used to be. Talked to a guy earlier. He said it, it's been a long time since he's listened to ESPN radio because it's not what it used to be. What it used to be was appointment listening every single day show metaphors calling cowherd mike and mike um dan patrick whoever it was if you want to go back to the early days of bruno and Golick, tony bruno and mike Golick, mm-hmm. whoever it was it was appointment listening and i think at its peak you had guys that may have been sports center anchors and dan patrick who turned themselves into being elite radio hosts who were so good at it could leave espn Start a show in their attic and now be, to me, has one of the best top three, top five radio shows in the entire country. Podcast, radio, don't matter. The damn Patrick Show, to me, is one of the best shows you can watch or listen every single day. ESPN Radio, Philip. in my younger days, you were about the same age. I enjoyed it. And something tells me, Philip, when you were younger, you enjoyed ESPN Radio as well.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, so the f- I remember so big podcast guys, both of us here.
0: Yes, we are.
1: I remember having the old iPod where you had to actually plug it into your computer mm-hmm. and and it would put the podcast on there. So I would have uh, here's the original ones. I would all have. I'd have Mike and Mike. I'd have the herd with Colin Cowherd, and this was before SVP and Rosillo, the Dan Patrick show. But yes. Because he's my guy. I also had NBA Today hosted by Ryan Racilla back in the day and the uh, Football Today podcast as well. We didn't have any college football podcasts from ESPN when they first started doing this. so You just had to get on the radio But, yeah, that was yeah, – oh, yeah. And then, And I also remember listening uh, – this was a little bit when I got out of high school um, after 05, the Doug Gottlieb show in the yes. afternoon. Uh, after SVP and Racilla or just SVP at the time before they put Rosillo's name on there – uh, Doug Gottlieb would come on. And I believe he has that same time slot with Fox Sports, uh, what he's doing now. I mean, Fox is is by far got the top lineup. I'm not too enthalled with their morning show. Uh, it's horrible.
0: It's Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Two pros and a cup of Joe, you literally just wanted to put Brady Quinn, um, was it LeVar Arrington and Jonas Knox on a show, would say, oh, they have good chemistry. Let's put them in and replacing Clay Travis because Clay Travis is gone. That show is horrible. It's on the radio. I, I can't listen to it. I don't know why I'm so animated today. It's not good. It's not I good
1: tried job. because they said when Clay left that they were going to find somebody that would keep the audience that they were doing, and it would be similar to what I mean. There's only one Clay Travis, but lock like them or love them or hate them. There's only one Clay Travis. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a generic show, yes. It was Extremely. very generic. you you were going for names, it's kind of like what we were talking about last week with when ESPN had what Max Kellerman, Keyshawn Johnson, and uh, and Jay Williams. All names you know who they are, but it's generic at the same time. It doesn't, it's nothing that stands out. Mm-hmm. No,
0: you're you're there, man. And I was going through recently some old ESPN radio personalities, and the one thing that I was reminded of was not so much the names you mentioned. uh, We mentioned Ryan Rossello and Doug Gottlieb and Dan Patrick and Mike and Mike and Colin Cowherd. And I even mentioned Tony Bruno. I didn't watch the Tony Bruno or listen listen to Bruno and Golik. I was not listening to that back then in the nineties. One thing I realized ESPN really let down was the coverage of other things on radio, major league baseball. They still have games, but I think it was better back in the, like years ago, NBA. Now, NBA games, Major League Baseball, they do a really good job of that, of calling games and uh, college game day being on um, some radio shows. I get the XM feed of game day. So they do some good stuff there. But I even think ESPN's taking some dollar bills away from the promotion and covering all the sports on the radio and even gone somewhat with the podcast route. Say, hey, how about we have a podcast feed at times? I think overnight they put some podcasts out there, and I'm like, I think people like the solo or the two man show or two or woman. I'm not trying to discriminate, but they like that a lot. Even if it's three in the morning, don't just have some some generic person reading off some some, some script. Let's have regular sports talk because if it's three in the morning on the East Coast, it's midnight on the West Coast. If it's 6 in the morning on the East Coast, it's 3 in the morning on the West Coast. There are people on both coasts going through different time periods and different parts of their day that still want that sports talk. And I think ESPN, when they went away from, I think at one point, they had Golick Jr. at like from 4 to 6 in the morning leading into a morning show. Gold. I told a guy earlier, I said, that's gold. It's perfect. They had Robin Lundberg doing it on, I think it was ESPN or somewhere. Perfect. It's gold. Why? Because people want that four in the morning on the east, one in the morning on the west. People still want their sports talk, no matter if it's morning, afternoon, evening. Doesn't matter. And when ESPN went away from even the simple things of radio, it was it really messed things up.
1: Yeah, you know, I remember I used to also would listen to the radio version of College Game Day. I don't yeah. think they even have that anymore, do they? They don't. I, mean-
0: I don't know i don't think they. i don't think they do
1: because it was like a they were most sometimes they weren't but most of the times they were where the tv show was at mm-hmm. but it was a different set of people talking i mean yeah they may would broadcast or like you know simulcast some parts of the tv show but it was a different it was a different show um was it uh trevor maddox uh, he was on there mm-hmm. um I'm forgetting the guy's name. He was big with the BCS stuff. Um Ah oh man, Donald Blake. And it did, but they just had different hosts and it was a good it was a good show. And it actually was nice. You could like say if you needed to go, you were in your car. You could Turn on the game. Cause it was on all day. It wasn't just okay when the games kick off like TV show, it goes off. No, this was on pretty much all day until nighttime, till the prime time slot. So if you're in your car driving around during the day, you knew what was going on with college football because you had the game day show on. But like I said, you know, now they don't have it. Um the only thing ESPN radio I really listen to right now regularly is Marty and McGee. That's that's basically it.
0: That Saturday morning show, Marty and McGee, I know at some point they had Dari Noka and I think it was Mel Kiper. I think I mentioned that to you last week. Those are perfect for that time of day. doesn't matter if you're a Mel Kiper person or not. Now, let me, let me take that back. Mel Kiper in the morning is not the best to listen. I'm just being honest with you. His It's kind of like he's not the more – like if you get Mel Kiper three in the afternoon, I can deal with his hyperness and pace of speaking and all of that. Even the pitch of his voice. Not the best for nine to me that early in the morning. I I don't think that's what I want. And if I don't want it, there's probably somebody else that doesn't want it as well. But Marty and McGee, to me, we talk about guys that would be on like our national radio lineup five days a week. It it makes too much sense not to do that. And the SEC network could do that every single day. Now, the thing is, if they are on the radio, you got to deal with Paul Feinbaum and, you're not letting that that gold mine up. You're not going to take him away, but also when it comes to the radio and one thing I think that has been a big difference from what made ESPN Radio great, it was a a great need. I don't want to say a need, but a thirst for sports talk radio at a national level, and they got there at a great time. But also I look I look back at this. You had guys doing shows for years and on the radio for years. Tony Bruno, Tony Bruno, ninety two to ninety eight. You had Colin Cowherd with ESPN Radio from 2004 until 2015. Um, Rob Dibble was with, was on the Dan Patrick Show from 1999 until 2004. You mentioned Doug Gottlieb from 2003 until 2012. Mike Golick, 1998 to 2020. But Monty Jones was short 2015 to 2017. Also, I've been told, mainly because of what I've heard from Clay Travis, but Monty Jones' show really wasn't that good. Uh, Dan Lebertar 2013 to 2021. Amy Lawrence is one that I still listen to on the late night on CBS Sports Radio. She was there from 2006 until 2012. Um, ESPN Radio College game day, Todd McShay was on there. So one of the names you mentioned, he was on that part there. But the longevity, Dan Patrick on the radio from 89 until 2007. The longevity factor is not there. And I mm-hmm. find that their cycle over the past three to four years, three to five years, to constantly change shows, constantly putting people in. And the guys are replacing are New York-based guys that are heavy on the Jets and the Giants and the Knicks and not really the Nets, Yankees, Nets. People don't care about that on the West Coast, or even with me in Indiana. I don't want to hear about the, J- about the Jets every day. I don't care about the Knicks like that. People don't want to hear that every day. But when they went so deep into... Let's pull from ESPN New York, have these guys come on the national radio. Maybe they weren't national radio guys. Maybe they were guys that were perfect for the New York market and that local market there. But when they went so deep and heavy onto New York and not having the longevity like they used to, it really hurt them.
1: I feel like something they used to do was they would promote a lot of weekend guys. Like They would cut their teeth on the weekend. Uh, we mentioned the guy last week uh, when Will Cain was on there. Yes. He, w- he was on on the weekend. I think it was uh, him and somebody else, one of their uh, female hosts, were, did a show together. And then, of course, he graduated the first take, and he did his show originally with Russillo. Then it was just a Will Cain show. And I feel like I've heard stories from Ron Rosillo talk about that, too, as well, like, he was, he was doing weekend shifts. He was doing game day on the weekends, the NBA mm-hmm. Today podcast. And Scott Van Pelt said, I want you on my show. And then he moved over. because so I feel like – but in another thing, too, you're right. They feel like I feel like now they just say, okay, this is a good name. Let's throw on the radio. I mean, Mike Greenberg doesn't do the shows half the year. Um, I don't think – when they had Max Kellerman – I actually think Max Kellerman is a good radio guy. I do, too. When he's matched with the right person, when he and Marcellus Wiley were together on ESPN LA, great. I don't think he's a good solo host. Correct. I, there's That's hard. Doing solo radio is hard. Uh, that's why, I mean, some people say maybe Dan Patrick doesn't do it by himself because he has the Dan but then you got Colin Cowherd. Uh, he does a, a solo, you know, where you take, you know, good or bad with his takes. <laughs> but Max Kellerman is a guy that needs to be partnered with somebody. Because I think that was I think that was a mistake they made. One, he shouldn't have been put on mornings. I don't think he's a good fit for mornings in that crew they had. But I also don't think it was a smart idea to put him by himself when he did do the other radio show. He needs to have a former player or somebody like that with him. Because I've seen Max do – I'm not a big boxing guy, but I know he had the boxing show. Mm-hmm. I would stop it there every now and then say, okay, Max is good here. Where he's got people to bounce off of, stuff like that. I don't think first take with him and Stephen A. was good. That's not a shot at Stephen A. either. I just don't think the chemistry was there, like it was with Skip and with Will. So I think Max is one. Max Kellerman is one I think could have been good. I don't think they used him correctly.
0: Yeah, it's the solo host thing. You you host shows, but you do a lot of interviews like I do, and you have solo segments. I have solo segments. I do interviews and I host a daily podcast. So we both have our teeth in a solo show. We're the host, but also occasionally interviewing. Dude, it's not easy. Like just from my own experience, and I'm sure you would say the same thing. Being a solo host, as well as when you're producing something in a podcast area, the scheduling of guests, trying to find time to record when you're working a full-time job, maybe having to do things later, or maybe trying to cram things in it's not easy when you think about how espn works people a lot of times people are sometimes overworked if they're on tv or in some areas which is why people go to cbs sports or fox sports or wherever it is because you're not overworked like you are at some points at espn but man that's solo stuff and i think that they i think greenberg can do a solo show but he uses producers so much It's not really a solo show. Greenie is Greenberg's opinions with two guys behind the scenes being on air voices. Greenberg's cool if you want to name, but to me, when I look at the lineup, and I have the lineup here ahead of last week as well of current shows, there's no time slot from six to 10 in the morning, no time slot from 12 to three in the afternoon, no time slot from midnight to six in the morning, nobody there. Fox Sports and CBS Sports, they both have shows. 24 7 365 scheduled even on weekends. They have shows. So it's not just ESPN and the net and the hosts maybe not being in the right slot, but also not filling every time slot. That's a knock on the network to me. And I, I like ESPN as a whole. I, I I really do a negative a bad, I really say a lot of bad things about them. Dude, they're still the worldwide leader, they still lead you in bad. Their basketball coverage might not be the best. You still go you still will have a way to find things on Twitter that woos just tweeting about the NBA. NFL coverage, they still got it. College football, they are the king of covering college football in the in the country. So you still want to go to them. ESPN Radio, I think if they want to boost, let's just say let's just say they want to boost college football. Have somebody on game day or have somebody host a weekend show on a Saturday. Maybe you want to have Marty and McGee, but then have somebody else that does the college football stuff that might not be normally on air this time of year, host a show, because you know, in the fall, they're not going to have, they won't need you in the fall. You're going to be working games and they're going to be broadcasting games. Do something to boost the talent and prove them, let more people know about them, but also not having every time slot filled. I think it's a poor way to manage what used, to, what used to dominate the sports talk radio world at the national level.
1: I have an idea of what they should do for a morning show. Yeah. It just popped in my head. And there's two guys that are in-house that work for the company. Now, it would be two guys that are in the SEC. But there's a show in Birmingham hosted by Greg McElroy and Cole Kublick. They come on first thing in the morning. Yes, they do. So I know that. Because one, you don't lose the Birmingham market because they just stay, and then you've got one your best college football analysts. But the thing about it is, they both do talk other sports, and and that's when okay, we're two football players. We can go grab this guy that covers college basketball mm-hmm. or does this other stuff. Um, I know they're, they're they're so tied into college football and everything, but I, I, that's that would be an easy one. I think I think you've got two guys with chemistry. It's not two guys you just threw together. Uh, they've been doing it for a while. Like I said, I, maybe at first the West Coast would not be happy uh, with them, but I don't know. That's just I, don't I just thought about that off the top of my head. I mean, you got two guys in-house that host a show together. And, look, I'll say this, too. If you wanted to, if you wanted a guy that was not a, a player that you could add with him, and uh, I sound very SEC biased with what I'm saying, Peter Burns. Yeah, over it because he hosts yeah. a uh SEC in the morning with serious uh radio, yeah. I believe. He's another guy you could bring in and with those because those guys have worked together. I mean, I know it's SEC guys, but still, I think chemistry is a bit and you got to have consistency. People want to tune into the radio and they want to hear the same people, they don't want to say, Okay, who's the host today? I mean, people don't want that, they want consistency, and you're right, that's why they're going over to guys like going over to Fox Sports because consistent. I mean, Dan Patrick's been in that time slot forever yeah Colin Cowherd now since what 2016 mm-hmm. you got Doug Gottlieb who seems like he's pretty much got a foothold in his time slot yeah I don't to a lot of CBS sports radio but I think they've kind of been good with consistent mm-hmm. Jim Rome is one you know okay Jim Rome's gonna be here that's what ESPN does not have right now because who is their longest tenured radio host right now Woo, Who? Is Freddie it? Coleman yeah Freddie Coleman
0: at EF and Simmons and they're in the evening
1: yeah, so during the day, they don't really have that because Mike Greenberg was gone from it for so long. Um, like you said there, you had Mike and Mike. You had Cowherd. You had Dan Patrick, then SVP and Rosillo together for a while. And then you had the Gottlieb following them. I mean, ever since, it's been consistently, you know, it's like musical chairs. And I think – cause that's a big problem because, like I said, people, I think, with their TV and their listening, if you're going to listen to sports talk radio or any kind of radio, you want consistency.
0: You do. You do. Philip. I want to revisit something we did a week ago. We're almost about out of time. Last week, we went over and did our dream national radio, sports talk radio lineup. You had Clay Travis, Colin Cowherd, Dan Patrick, SVP and Rosillo, and then Marty and McGee in that order. Throughout the day, that's who you have. Do you want to make any changes to that? Because I know I'm going to go over one I would like to make the mine after thinking about it for a week. Would you like to make any changes to that lineup specifically?
1: I, I will because I will move Marty and McGee back to the weekends where I I got to thinking about it too. There are probably some guys that are probably better for the weekends too uh, with what they do. And I actually mentioned this toward the end of our conversation. I can't remember if I did, if I mentioned this on the show or was it off the air, but I mentioned Max Kellerman. Yeah. Maxim put Max and Marcellus in that late afternoon window. I think that, that that's a, that's a good, that's a good lineup.
0: Yeah. Philip, I told you about some of one change I would like to make to mine. Um, actually, I'm going to make two. So I told you about one early. I'm going to change another one. Um, I said Clay Travis, Dan Patrick, Jim Rome, SVP and Rossello, and then Freddie and Fitz, uh, Freddie Coleman Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm going to take Clay Travis off and then Freddie Coleman and Ian Fitzsimmons. Take them off. I think they're great on radio. Don't get me wrong. I think they're great. But I think there's a better lineup. There's a lot of older people, these seasoned vets, and a younger guy who's in his 20s at the, at the end. So I'm going to go Dan Patrick in the morning, 6 to 9. Colin Cowherd, 9 to 12. These are all Eastern time zones. Jim Rome from 12 to 3, SVP and Rosillo. Same time slot you had him in mean yours. But I'm going to add Zach Gelb, CBS Sports Radio. He currently hosts a show from 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern, a solo host. We talk about how hard it is to be a solo host. Dude, this guy is in his 20s. think he's late 20s now. At some point in time, I see Zach Gelb being somebody who is on radio for the next till he's 60. Like if he wants to be on radio till, for the like 60 years old, he can do that but also being more in a more desirable time slot, maybe 12 to three, um, maybe three to six, whatever it might be. But I think Zach Gelb is in the solo spl- slot is great. It's weird. Both of us have a lot of solo hosts with us. You had Clay Travis, Colin Cowherd, Dan Patrick. Three solo shows, three solo host shows. I had Dan Patrick, Colin Cowherd, Jim Rome, and then Zach Gelb. Like as much as ESPN, this is maybe a knock against them. As much as ESPN wants to have duo shows and, multi- and two two voices, I think there's something to be said about the single voice hosting a show. Fox Sports Radio has it. CBS Sports Radio has it. ESPN Radio, it's knock against them. I think people still, if you could find somebody who can host a show by themselves, it's a great way to build a show and to have a show.
1: Yeah, I, you brought up the name thing. Um when I was at the ESPN Dothan station they got mentioned like we got to name it after dick we can't have a uh you know a, a cute name it's got to be the name of the host and uh that's kind of I just remember remember that those conversations being had yeah we all oh, it's I, I'm intrigued where it goes because what we're doing here what you do what I do podcasting is where a lot of people are going yeah. And the decline of sports talk. If Fox Sports Radio doesn't keep what it's doing, and CBS Sports Radio, where where does this go down the way down the road? I'm really intrigued and curious. The future. Where in ten to fifteen years, if we have this conversation, where is sports talk radio at? Philip,
0: that's a conversation for another day. We are all up out of time. If you could, Philip, let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter. And if they want to listen to the Philip Jordan Show, where they where can they catch that as well?
1: All right, guys. You just—it's easy. Follow me on social media, at Jordan SEC. I, I feel like I, I just need to like Jay. Just need to throw up a graphic on here and everything <laughs> that I do. Uh, my written work. Last we're on college football, mostly Auburn stuff over there. Uh, you can check me out. The, the Phil Jordan Show is still a thing. Uh, the Wiregrass High School Football Port. If you're in the Southeast Alabama area, you want high school football. I have a new show. Uh, I have that will launch. Uh, first episode will be on July twentieth. Uh, that is Wiregrass Daily News podcast. Now, if you're not in the, that area, is like, well, I, I don't live in a Wiregrass. I don't live in Dothan, why? It's Alabama, Auburn, Troy focus, but we will be talking about some other stuff, uh, college related, and all other good stuff on there. So it'll be a it'll be a good show. But that's uh, I think that's everything I do, Jay. I, I forget the, the list on social. I have so many titles uh, I can't fit it on my Twitter, or my Facebook bio. I know that, Philip. It's fun having you on. I don't plan on doing three weeks in a row or in a row with Philip Jordan, but if it
0: happens, it would be surprised. The conversation is genuine. It's enjoyable, and uh, it's all the sports media stuff—the stuff that we do off air, even before this show. Off air, had a fifteen-minute conversation maybe about sports media, and it had came on the show. Did it again. We just love this stuff. We mm-hmm. we breathe it. It's we sleep, it's what we do, and I love being able to do this stuff with Philip Jordan here on the JC1s podcast. Philip, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: Always a good time, Jay. If you don't
0: know who Zach Gelb is, I recommend you find a way to tap in a CBS Sports Radio where you live or maybe on the Odyssey app. He is so much fun to listen to. And it's nice hearing somebody who's younger, and I don't know his exact age, someone who is younger at a national level, tackle the topics he tackles, be a great interviewer, but also be so good at delivering his thoughts day in and day out. I had legends in my list. He had legends in his. We got younger people in both of our lists. What is your dream national sports talk radio lineup? Email me at jstevenspod at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at jstevens 7 Let me know if people that are on our list are on yours as well. This has been episode two, eight, three of... The Jay Stevens Podcast. I will see you next time.